You're listening to Private Suite. All right, guys. So we are back in the suite. My name is Rich, and joining here, joining, uh, joining me here today are my co-hosts. We have Andy. What's up? We got Ognos. Hey, what's going on, y'all? And we got a special guest joining us today is Ronnie Louvre. What's going on, Ronnie? Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Hey, man. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming on, yo. It's it's an honor to be here. I I love your guys' work. I love your magazine. And uh, it's really an honored invitation that I get to be join you on the podcast. Nice. Yeah, man. It's, it's really an honor to have you here with us, man. No, you. <laughs> no, you. No, you. <laughs> oh, man. So, guys, what's going on this week? Oh, man. Just uh, right now, I'm um, kind of... It's just kind of scrambling. Christmas is like coming up really soon. Uh, it's the last week of school for my my place that I work at. So just kind of going just, nuts, just going nuts. Just I really want the new year to end or to just the new year to be here already. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, like people are like, you know, for go talking about like busy stuff at work and everything else. And I'm like, man, I really I'm really like looking forward to like January 15th. <laughs> and and like not, not have anything. a couple weeks after. <laughs> yeah, I don't even have anything going on that day. It's just like that's that's past like all my trips out of town and, and the new year and, you know, work will slow down a little bit after that. I'm just, um, I'm so not that I don't like this time of year, but I'm just ready for ready to be in the next phase of the year. Mm-hmm. Right. It's right. just been nuts. I'm ready to, to do nothing and just stuff my face for many days in a row. Oh, geez, man. <laughs> I can't, See, like, I can't I'm, wait for that. I, I'm, I'm here for stuffing my face. Cause like I, I've, I've been just, doing that incessantly for the past three weeks, pretty much because Thanksgiving. And then I was up in Syracuse this past weekend uh, for a family function and we had dinosaur barbecue. So of course, just eating a ton of that stuff. And then I'm going to Rochester next weekend. I got to get a trash plate. So I'm just going to be eating constantly for the next like three weeks and it's not going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be great, but it's going to be like terrible yeah, for my health. You're going to regret it. Yeah, I've been like, I've been fasting for a long time, a couple, like a long time. And uh, I don't fast during the the Christmas season though, because my family, we only do Christmas. We don't do birthdays or anything. Uh, So Christmas is pretty big. So yeah, I can't like, there's no way I can fast during Christmas. So I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also going to feel like so shit and have to get used to fasting again, which I'm, not looking forward to because it's a real bitch to get into the habit every year yeah that's the way to do it though like i kind of like that just do everything during the holidays and don't you know deal with birthdays and other stuff like that in terms of like gifts and everything just just get it done in one shot that's just that's just efficient you only get one shot (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you ronnie what are your plans for the holiday well, uh, I've got two children, and they are seven and four. And when you got children that are seven and four, you kind of come to grips with uh, your bah humbuggery, and you kind of decide <laughs> that you have to put it aside. <laughs> because like, uh, uh, Christmas doesn't get much more magical than the slot that I'm in. So uh, we're hope- you know, I'm really just hoping that my kids get a uh, Nintendo Switch for Christmas. That's like 
figured that we can all we can all play together. I haven't got to hit the Mario Kart the way I want to, so hopefully uh, Santa takes care of the boy and the girl. Nice. I still believe. Nice. nice. <laughs> right on. So man. tell me, are your um, your kids more like DDS? people or are they more like telepath or like um you know the the simple truth is is that they can recognize george clanton from virtually any synth sound that he makes they're like is this Hmm. is this george clanton uh that sounds sounds like george nice sounds like they are are surprisingly not they're on their way to a brilliant future in music kids learn whatever you teach them and I, i swear if you play nothing but vaporwave for them for like three years, that's a great pick up uh, quite a that's quite a, a great test. Sounds. Like they grow up, and then they hear all this regular music, and they're like, "Daddy, what is this?" Like they're like, "It's not vaporwave," because <laughs> this is trash. Children. It's like I don't like this. Not this vaporwave is trash. music. <laughs> I remember I've said this a few times on the show, but I remember one Reddit post I'll never forget it of this guy who was like, "I don't know how he said it. The way he said it was amazing. There's something like I." can't listen to anything but vaporwave anymore or something i didn't know that this was going to happen <laughs> and is this happening to anybody else and at the time i was like i don't really understand that uh maybe he's just but here i am <laughs> as time goes by <laughs> yeah everything i just don't get the same enjoyment out of anything else yeah i just like nothing quite does it like vaporwave does it anymore just hits different right Right. Community, yo. <laughs> nah, the community. It's all the community. And I think oh, that comes lost. from half of it being aesthetic based because people kind of have to talk somehow. I don't know. What do you mean? Well, everybody's making art, right? And you have to have a way to like talk about the art, like not just the music. So if people are posting art on Twitter, it just makes sense that it's kind of evolved into what it's become. We should do like a, like a long, like a, discussion topic on that probably should we'll have to do our research about how it evolved uh sort of yeah just like the social media aspect in the community how everybody says the vaporwave community is the best i don't think that's just because the music is like how it is it's there's way more than just the music no it comes from the size of the community and just kind of how it's grown um also, it's uh, being based on the internet. It's not something that people necessarily do in person. I think people are more like willing to go out of their way to like help other people online, at least. Um, so, like when everyone kind of came together for Electronicon and these other shows and everything, um, there was already like this built-in sense of community that was there um, that you don't always see in in other scenes quite like you did here. I would also say that it's fair to say that it's changed a lot in the last two to three years. Definitely. Like I, I, a scene being on the internet is usually not a, a hallmark that it's going to be really nice and pleasant. In fact, it's almost like, Oh, it's from the internet. Every it's a dumpster fire. You don't want to get involved. Yeah, no, I, I, but yeah, I can completely see that as well. Over the last couple of years, it, it really seems like the, the vapor villains have had, less and less traction i mean not no traction they're still out there but less and less people are paying attention to people that are because you kind of get to be a vapor villain by trashing vaporwave so i don't really understand that anyway but but the vapor villains are are in the decline and the heroes the people who are absolutely boosting the scene and they're saying let's grow this thing let's make it bigger let's make 2020 the best year 
they're the ones that are getting retweeted and amplified in space. And, uh, and, and I think that's new. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Speaking of, uh, of vapor villains, I, I just, like, I, I like the concept of vapor villains. That's a nice term. <laughs> a guy sitting, sitting behind his computer with like a long in comic mustache. Book terms, <laughs> it's awesome to think of it, you know, like we we're this big scene where, where there are, you know, nothing is more compelling than the drama of like good versus evil. And the, the both sides of the coin are, are in our scene. There's no way you can have all these artists creating art and have everybody coming from the same, yeah, let's let's all be really happy and, and build this thing kind of viewpoint. There are definitely people in there with a dark turn of mind and watching them all come to the same space and put the art in the space is kind of enjoyable. And seeing how the art plays off one another gives uh, opportunities for interesting things to happen mm-hmm. uh, as long as people are secure in what's going on. Well, well said. Yeah, but um, so so getting back to to vapor villains real quick, I just I I want to get this out of the way early, so we don't have to spend a lot of time talking about it on the show. Um, but uh, I'm sure you guys have seen all the stuff with uh a certain record store on Twitter recently. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that is a key um, vapor villain right there. That is that is vapor villain number one right now in mm-hmm. in the scene. So, um. Obviously, controversy surrounding Andy's record store and the legitimacy of the floral shop vinyls and everything. Um, it's it's just it's super sketchy. Lots of unanswered questions right now. I am putting out a challenge to him. Don't buy it or or, or to them uh, right now. And we'll put this on Twitter because I'm sure they're not going to listen to this episode. But um, <laughs> apparently, I want to, to try to clear the air with everything with this. So. Andy, if you would like to come on to the podcast, 30 minutes, explain yourself. I think everyone would like to hear what you have to say about everything. Like you're you're the good guy in this. You're you're the one who's who wants to be the face of the vaporwave community. So, you know, save the vaporwave computer from community from fascism and Nazism, apparently. Come on, let's let's. Good lord, yeah. It's it's been a it's been a wild ride this week with with this. Yeah, Um, I would love to just sit down (laughs) and talk with you and listen to what you have to say. And actually, you know, if if you're legitimate and everything's good, let's hear it and let's let's get this behind us. I'm gonna I'm a I'm not touching that one. I'm I don't want to push this any farther than it's gone. (laughs) It's a lot of bad press, but man, he is getting mad press, and that's totally fine. But let's let's if there's nothing to hide and everything's good, let's go. Let's let's have a chat and let's clear the air and and let's uh, let's get this taken care of. We'll <laughs> First leave, we'll leave it at that. Final record I ever bought. Never got it. Yeah. Thanks, Damn. Todd. You're looking good there, man. Holy crap! How long ago was that picture, by the way? Uh, to, those pictures were taken on the Fourth of July in 2018, and then in 2019 of this year. Wow. So I uh, it that was a big precedent to becoming involved in the in real life vaporwave scene there there is no me being involved in vaporwave without the decision that i made in 2018 to lose weight and change my life mm-hmm. damn that's i'm just awesome, looking man. at that picture now fucking good that's awesome man yeah good that's, that's yeah. Fuck, dude that's inspiring to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> 80, 80 pounds in a year. Holy 80 shit. 80 pounds in one That's year. That's crazy awesome. Was that keto or no? Uh, 
No, it's oddly enough, and, and hail corporate, but I started off with Weight Watchers okay. and lost about 25 pounds with them. And after that, I uh, was able to really get uh, a workout routine going that was just gas for the fire. And uh, I'm going to turn 40 in 2020 in the very best shape of my entire life. There you go, man. Fucking awesome, man. Nice. That's awesome. I was a video game playing, chair sitting, vaporwave listening, computer, <laughs> internet using oh, sad boy. It, that, that targets me so hard. Well, I'm still all of that. <laughs> yeah, you got to push it's it. Total, it's total. You got to do both, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I should. Yeah, I actually have a, an exercise bike coming in two days. Oh, nice, man. Nice. I need to start doing that. It's funny, me and my roommate were just talking about how we should start going to the gym because there's a YMCA a couple blocks from our house and we were both checking, looking to check it out I, after the New Year's. I, I belong to a gym you, you will, and I, 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 the problem is I just never go. Like I mm-hmm. hate going. Like I need to like do something like in the house. So if I can wake up and like do like a 20 minute ride or something like that before I go right. to work, I just, need, yeah. I need to move. Like Get I, that cardio my old job. Yeah. Like my old job, I would work, I would walk like 10 miles a day just i was on my feet constantly so i could eat like shit and i wouldn't gain any weight and even like the last two months i was working there i lost weight because i was just moving so much and had so much stress stress is the best like weight loss you could possibly have uh mm-hmm. not condoning that but just I mean, yeah it just, is it's a fact <laughs> yeah, um, yeah but then i switched jobs and i went and started working behind a desk and that kind of definitely is noticeable after that so i'm like i need to do something and actually start start moving again and just right. be active it starts with what you eat though yeah like, I, I really can say mm-hmm. like as a guy who never gave a single thought to what i was putting in my mouth ugh, sorry uh never gave a single thought to what i was eating uh it was a big it was a big change to suddenly really be conscious of getting a lot of vegetables and getting a lot of fruit and uh and I, not only did it make me lose weight, but it gave me a lot of good body feelings like instantly instead of eating grease trash and all that red meat that I was eating before. Uh, I just instantly had more energy just from the diet change. Yeah, that's definitely a big part of it. I mean, I know for me, like, obviously I can eat better in what I'm doing, but like the one big difference for me, you know, a year and a half ago from now is just level of activity and just moving around. So if I can change that along with some diet stuff, it's going to be, should be good. So we'll see. Well, good luck guys. Vapor fitness. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. I'm always as a proponent of a of diet, uh, healthy lifestyle, a healthy lifestyle and all that. I'm usually always talking about that stuff. Um, I definitely recommend just whole foods. That's it. That's the, that's, that's the solution. Whole like foods, the processed foods, not out. processed foods. Anything that was in a factory and was made, don't fucking eat it. Like, yeah, but dude, like problem solved. Doritos are so good. And, and intermittent fasting. I swear by that. Yeah, I need to get back on that. If I you did that. live long, uh, dude. Oh, dude. Okay, uh, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. I was just saying, like, I did that for a while when I was living in uh, New York a few years back. And like, I was, that was like the best shape of my life. I was uh, intermittent fasting and then my diet was good and I was like exercising, but just like having a big block of the day where I wasn't eating kind of just like mm-hmm. made me I actually had more energy <laughs> than when I was eating all the time. Yeah. I noticed in LA actually the food is like shit. There's like no good food around. Like it's hard to find. In New York and Brooklyn it was St. Louis too. St. Louis, yeah. Yeah, Brooklyn Brooklyn is like super nice. 
as far as their restaurants. St. Louis has trash food. We fry everything. Uh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're just like all franchises. It's like Arby's and fucking whatever. LA's like that. San Francisco has a lot of restaurants, but you got to pay for it. So yeah. For the good food. Yeah. But yeah. uh, What was I going to say? Something about fasting. I don't know. Do it. Oh, yeah. Long health. (laughs) Long having a long life. I was just watching this sick documentary because I'm super obsessed with like long life and keeping my young youthful look because <laughs> I'm 32 for those who don't know. And um, yeah, it's, there's this thing called autophagy and it's, th- that's one element to helping your body get into sort of protection mode. If you put your body in protection mode, it goes into like longevity mode basically. And it, it repairs the length, like the lifetime of your cells before they start getting shitty and like copying each other incorrectly. Cause that's kind of like why you die. Cause your cells, every time your cells duplicate, they make little errors, right? Like a lot of people know that. Um, And then it's just over time, you have less like original cells to go off of. So eventually you're stuck with ones that are copies and those copies aren't like hundred percent. And then those copies are even less. And then you get like heart failure. <laughs> too, too much artifacting on the JPEG. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been copied over too many times and not used with Photoshop. So. Yeah. So there's like. Yeah, looks like shit, bro. Bye. Apparently there's six things you can do to increase your lifespan. One of them is autophagy, which comes from intermittent fasting. And that's your cells saying, get rid of the old cells, the ones that are kind of shitty and don't work because they're just a waste of energy and let's conserve. Um, and that's like helps with wrinkles and hair loss, shit in your nails and whatever skin. Um, but also extreme heat or extreme cold. If you stress your body by temperature, that's another great way of getting your body into longevity mode. So there's a lot of people who take cold showers or go jump in a frozen lake. Like a lot of people in Sweden and, and shit like that. Okay. You're like the fourth person to say cold showers so i fucking think i need to just do it <laughs> i can't do it i'm a pussy man i can't do the cold showers so oh, I just... i've done it out of just because of like there was times where we were on the boat and we had no fucking hot water and so cold showers is all you had and it was the suckiest Ooh. experience <laughs> but i can up. do it if i really need to i'm eating a slice of pizza can someone else speak please <laughs> <laughs> all right well, for um, for anybody who doesn't know what Ronnie does, Ronnie, you want to explain what you're doing for the great community of St. Louis? Let's get into that. Yeah. Sure, sure. And the yeah, vaporwave community also. Um, I started I started a, a project here in St. Louis, um, and I started it in November of last year, 2018, and we named it Vapor Space STL. And the whole oh, damn, goal I didn't know that was you. is. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Yeah, man. Who's this guy? Who are we talking to? What the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> Who's Ronnie? Like, Why is he here? Up, I just know your awesome outfits and your pouch and the fact that you gave me a popsicle with no popsicle in it, just a wrapper. Uh, dude, I was there. I, are you kidding me? <laughs> I was there for that. That shit was so funny, man. <laughs> like, no popsicle. Oh, my God. Gotcha. Gotcha, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, oh my well now that, now the room has suddenly turned hostile uh, <laughs> I clearly owe somebody a popsicle 
Um, no, the, uh, I gotta go, guys. I'm sorry. No, uh, the, the uh, in, in November of last year, I I went to see George Clinton in Chicago, and when I went to see George, and a week before going to see George Clinton in Chicago. I joined the George Clinton fan club because I figured, gee whiz, I'm going to go up to Chicago. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll join the man's fan club and he'll be like, oh, yeah, you just joined my fan club. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So that was the whole plan. And I went up there and like it was a, it, it was a great show. Uh, if you can check out the subterranean show that Equip and George Clinton did back in November of 2018, if you can find any footage of it anywhere, it was super cool. We had a fantastic time uh, and I got to hang out with, I, I mean, literally got to hang out with Equip and George Clinton after the show. We all went and got a slice of pizza together. I was also with Aaron Shadrow, who nice. was drumming with nice. him at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it was like, oh yeah, I do remember you from joining my fan club. What's good? I'm hungry. You coming? And it was, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's how real that dude is. That's how real, that's how real that dude is. And that was a year ago. And like when I came home, I was so inspired and I just wanted to see everything around him get bigger. And I I was also horribly jealous because St. Louis and Chicago have this big brother, little brother thing. And I was like, no one is ever coming through St. Louis to play Vaporwave because I really was looking and it just hadn't happened. And I said, I am going to go back and I am going to build something in St. Louis that is going to make vaporwave people want to come and fuck with me. And that's that that's what we started doing. I started with a Reddit post. I posted to r slash vaporwave and was like, yo, who is it? You can find it. It's up there. Somebody sent it to me the other day. <laughs> Dude, that's how the fuck private suite started. Who, who is in St. Louis and wants to start working on making a scene. And uh, my man, Paul, uh, who is sound market. You all should, everybody should listen to sound market. Uh, he hit me up and was like, I happen to live in St. Louis County and I would love to work with you. And we start, we threw our first show in April and now we've thrown eight shows in nine months. We have our 10th show, uh, scheduled for January 10th. I have other exciting things lined up for 2020 that I'm going to be excited to talk about in the weeks (laughs) ahead. Uh, there, there are lots of good things. Uh, and, Man, you, you know, every time somebody says 2020 is going to be the biggest year for Vaporwave, bro, I feel that. <laughs> like, I know, I know things. It's going to be the big, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be the biggest year for me. So Fuck yeah, man. 2020 is is a thing that is going to happen. And I couldn't be more thrilled with with the, the success that is happening. St. Louis is thirsty for it. And I got to believe if St. Louis was thirsty for it, everyone else Other is thirsty for mm-hmm. it too. I think it's great, like, seeing these little you know, groups pop up around the country with various vaporwave parties. I mean, obviously, you know, you got stuff in New York going on and you're seeing little shows pop up. Pad's doing the show in in uh, just after New Year's, but there's been other shows there. Um, Alex in Pacific Plaza has been doing some parties and stuff out in yeah, Los Orange Angeles County. in that area, Orange County. It's great. Those places you expect it. That's, that's normal. Uh, Philly, we have Skeleton Lipstick who's been doing these terminally chill parties for a while. And those are getting bigger. Uh, I think in uh, the end of January, you got Pad Jennington coming down for one show. And I think DDS is going to be at that show as well, along with Mike from Video Punks. Um, he's going to be doing visuals for that show. 
Um, so it's cool to like see like this stuff pop up in Philly for show, you know, for shows. But then also cities like St. Louis, you have you know the work that you're doing and getting people there. There's no reason why this stuff can't pop up throughout the rest of the country. And I think more people are going to be motivated to to do this kind of stuff, seeing you do it, seeing other cities do it. You know, why can't the we have it as well? You just <clears throat> named 75 percent of the of the vapor wave promoters in the United States. That paragraph. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's it's that. And seriously, that's the problem. You can add in you add five more names to that list. And you're practically talking about every single person in the United States who thought to themselves, I would like to throw a vaporwave show. Yeah, there's about five more. Yep. Essential though. Come to Essential in Toronto. Yeah. And, and that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna Get that's it. gonna change. That's gonna change. Chewing foil in LA. I but man, I can't but name them as an absolute inspiration because I got to party in their space around Electronicon. And uh, you know, that that whole scene is like incredible to me <laughs> you know if you don't know about chewing foil and and their lab of just incredible vaporwave experimentation and what they're doing for glitch art yeah. and they had uh, all that stuff set up at electronicon all those screens i'm sure everyone at electronicon has a picture in front of those tvs uh from <laughs> from those shows you know that's chewing foil that's that's their one of their installations they did so you know it takes it takes one person to to start doing this kind of stuff and it gets other people moving and as it gets bigger, you're going to have more people wanting to do it. And there's no reason why, you know, if you know New York's got it and Philly's got it and L.A.'s got it, Lincoln, Nebraska has it and St. Louis has it. You know, these other smaller well, brought, cities can my do boy, it. I brought my boy to St. Louis from Lincoln, Nebraska. I don't know if anything's happening in Lincoln, Nebraska yet either. But why not? You I know, mean, it, it, I, I feel I mean, but there are artists in every city. You know, that, that's the other thing, like. Just because there might not be a live scene in your city yet, you know, you're going to need to find artists. That's that was my first step. If if you are trying to get a vapor wave scene going in your town, you need to find who is there making art, because just because there are people making art doesn't mean that there's galleries presenting it. You, I am the gallery. Vapor Space STL is the gallery presenting these incredible artists art that's that's what i'm trying to do is make space for the artists and anybody can do what i'm doing you don't have to be an artist oh, of course you know you just have you have to have hustle that's why you know like this poster that you you sent us from steam waves where you have the location of where these artists are from specifically funk mammoth with lincoln nebraska i think it's great like that it's known where these people are because you know maybe some vaporwave fan in you know a small city sees hey like this artist that i listen to or i've seen lives 10 minutes from me you know reach out and start talking to them like build the community or get the community together you know their their communities exist let's just let's just get them together let's just let's just make them known definitely i invite every every anonymous vaporwave artist who is trying to keep themselves mysterious uncontactable and unfindable to cut that shit out <laughs> i invite every single one of them to be like stick your head up and let me know what city that you're in because honestly, if you're in the Midwest, I, I want to talk to you like I, I want. And so if anybody's listening to this podcast, making Vaporwave in the Midwest, you better send me a freaking Twitter or an email or something. Just slide into my DMs, homie. But keep your persona <laughs> hidden if you want to. I, I love that. We just had an episode. on Oh, that, actually. <laughs> I see. Telepath, once again, for example, the. the you deprive a man of popsicle. That's what, I was just <laughs> what, he, what he does. 
I was just looking for this uh this tweet by Equip that he did like right after Electronicon too, where it was uh, tear down the old guard. Your new idols are bedroom producers who are truly DIY, have never performed live or are unaware of the massive influence. And it's just like it, it just kind of goes on with this thread about how like like this whole thing like defies all the rules of what we think a live show should be. Like people who are experienced, and this is people who have never done anything live and are performing for hundreds of people. Which is like really exciting when you think about it. I mean, is that not similar to what the like dubstep community kind of went through? Is, is like that how people, it's, I, I'm not really super familiar with how dubstep I mean, you think out. I, I'm I'm not super familiar with, with with it either. But you always hear the stuff like you know, Skrillex started in his bedroom, just you know, on a computer, just making music, and now he's you know working with artists from all over the world and is a top producer. Um, stuff like that can happen, you know, like these these there's extremely talented people in this community, you know, making music, promoting the music, uh, you know, just enjoying it. And it's just artists. There's, there's tons of people who have the ability to, to really take this movement and this community to the next level. So, and, and I think a lot of people are trying to figure out, you know, where can I fit in and what do I need to do? And you can make an album, you can start a record label. Uh, you can you can try to organize a show. I I think it needs to be viewed as another absolutely DIY way that a person who says, "Man, this is really cool, and I would love to contribute to it in a meaningful way," but maybe I don't want to run a record label, and maybe I can't make an album. But this is what I this is what I can contribute. I can hustle. I do know people. Man, throw a show and find find the artists and tell them to come out. And I'm finding both venues are thirsty, fans are thirsty, and in a lot of cases, artists are thirsty too. They want to play. You know, in the in the same as any musical scene, a starting artist knows that they've got to go out, they've got to play to make fans. They're not, you know, coming at you with, well, I need six hundred dollars to do this set. You know, it's it's not like that. A lot of people are very interested in the opportunity to get in front of some fans and play for a small group of people. And also set your your expectations reasonably. You know, I've I've thrown eight parties in nine months. We're not cracking a hundred people. We're cracking seventy every time. That's but, dope, yeah. You know, that's still like, pretty good. You got to know what you you got to know what you can pull. And in St. Louis, I've been told pulling seventy in my first year that's an that's an incredible thing. And we're doing it with niche music. We're doing it with niche music, not dubstep, not house, not drum and bass. We're doing it with stuff that has been in the live space for about a year uh, that a lot of people, man, a lot of people still ask me if this stuff has anything to do with vaping. I'm not <laughs> I get it all the time. Now, nice. St. Louis oh, isn't exactly the most savvy town. I mean, I'm not trying to say like, oh, we're, we're edgy, but there are absolutely people that don't have any freaking idea what vaporwave is. You say vaporwave and they're like, I don't even know what you're, what is that? Is that music? I didn't know. <laughs> Same in Toronto. So yeah, man, you gotta knows. educate. We're spreading the gospel. You gotta educate. You gotta hustle, and and if you do it, people want to check it out. Yeah, I mean, now you say like you know, you know, we're we're cracking seventy people, like kind of like yeah, whatever. You know, it's whatever. I mean, how big of a venue are you doing these in? Like, what kind of space are you actually throwing these parties in? Because seventy people, I've had seventy people in like a you know a house party before, and that's a lot of fucking. That's people. a lot of fucking people. That's one space. <laughs> You know, unless like you're in like a big arena or like, you know, like a big space, like 70 people is like, it's a good party. It's a really good party. My first two shows were, were in a brunch restaurant where we were, where I, that had a bar, 
where I knew the owner. The owner was a friend of mine. And I said, hey, is there, and the brunch restaurant did things in the evening by appointment. They would do things like bridal shower dinners. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, we can put a bartender in there. They normally close at four. I asked my friend if I could throw this party. I borrowed a sound system from my buddy's hardcore band. We brought in the sound system, turned the restaurant into a nightclub. We had 70 people. It was really full. <laughs> you know, it was like, <laughs> it, it was, it was pretty happening. We did it the second time with fire tools. And at the <laughs> goddamn dude, that is crazy. Ass show. Uh, we did it the second time with fire tools. We had like 15 more people come through. It was full the first time. We had the room set up a little crazy because we needed to allow for Angel to have visuals displayed behind her while we played, which was not something that we had to worry about for the first show. So the room was set up kind of different and it wasn't quite as space effective. And like we just ran our sound system as loud as we could run it. Oh man, it was so wild. But uh, it was it was brunch restaurants. And after two shows that killed in this brunch restaurant, every 100 room club in St. Louis was like, anytime you want to come through, please come through. Because they just sell booze. You know, it's like if you're bringing in 70 people to buy drinks, that bar can't lose. They don't care they what you're playing. You, they just they want you to do it. Well, some do. Well, and you don't want to be in a place that hates your music. That's for sure. That's that's like the worst. <laughs> for the, for the most part, you're, you'll you'll find some place that wants to sell those drinks and and be totally cool with it. Yeah, and <clears throat> dude, our music is good. Of course, our, our like no vape uh, wave is shit. Is I hate vape. <laughs> <You, laughs> yeah, I mean, but, but you, if you find <laughs> if you find if you find that asshole sound guy. I mean, he doesn't like anything except his his death metal band or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, and you don't want, and you don't need to work with dicks. You don't. You like you work with a dick one time. You're like, all right, see ya. Not not working with you again. I'll find somebody else. I love the artwork that you have for these posters. By yeah, the way, they're, they're freaking mean, great. Really cool, really cool vapor stuff. You got the Fresh Beats one with like the Crest logo. Dude, that's and my favorite one. <laughs> Hot, Hotline St. Louis. Like I'm a big Hotline Miami fan. I love that game. I love you did the, the I appreciate this. that. Uh, it's great. Uh, Sound Market does a majority of the work on that. Uh, for our first one, Steam Waves, that was actually all bonus points. Bonus points did an incredible job on Steam Waves. He is a graphic designer by trade. Uh, then on Warp Zone, Warp Zone was a collaborative effort because it wasn't crazy enough when we stopped. And so I passed it off to another guy who crazied it up a little bit more for me. So, but that, again, that was Sound Market, and then that was Bitdream, uh, who followed up on making those incredible. So, again, I'm not the artist. It's really like I'm I'm leaving the making of the art up to up to these artists who are trying to craft the show and the experience, and I'm handling the the groundwork. Because man, there's a ton of groundwork, and I can absolutely understand why artists don't want to do this. No, it's a pain in the ass. Like, it's a lot of work, man. <laughs> totally makes sense to me. That's, like, that's why you have the managers. Idea of promoting so. your own show. Like that's why, and I, and I hate to even say this phrase, but that's why I'm needed. That's why more people doing what I'm doing are needed for Vaporwave because it's not fair to ask Golden Living Room to get a scene going in Wichita, Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, He's got albums that he wants to work on. He's got music that he wants to create. And he would love to play as many shows in Wichita, Kansas, as they will have him come through and play. But he can't be the one out there going to all the shows every night, passing out flyers and being like, yo, come to this Vaporwave and Future Funk show. Speaking 
at the at the but you know like at the wheat field. You, you 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 work off each other. You know, it's your you don't exist without him, and his stuff doesn't go as far without you. So it's it's a necessary necessary thing to happen. You know, you're an ops guy. You're the guy that that makes it happen. You make sure that the show happens and and runs and and everything's taken care of and it's more rewarding than you would ever imagine oh i can like, imagine I I, like I, am, I believe it i i i know you do because you're part of you're part of the private suite <laughs> and you you guys are living the same thing that i'm living you guys are are saying you know what how can we make an impact on this scene went for a, a, a crazy idea and have been just chasing it down ever since and watching it explode like right in your hands you're like man everybody wants it everybody is feeling this Wow, I don't. <laughs> we must be doing something. I cool. don't think it really hit all of us until Electronicon one, when we all showed up. We all met each other, and then you show up to the show, and like everyone's there, and it's like all these people around you that all have similar interests, and they're just going nuts. And I know we've talked about this like tons every of times, episode. <laughs> I mean, when, but, when are you going to stop talking it's, about it? I mean, yeah. you can't. Stop. It was a pivotal moment. It was very. So, I ch- changed my life. I went to both of them as well, and and got to meet you guys. Uh, and got to meet so many people that I had only talked to online, like you say. And how is that? How is that not just a special, uh, unique thing that Vaporwave has given us? Yeah. I want to go back. Uh, just uh, I was wondering what what's your process for kind of marketing and getting people? I know you say you hand out flyers. Is there anything else you do to kind of get people to come to the shows? Um, I I have a, an in real life strategy and an internet strategy. The those are. Those are my two basic prongs of how I how I'm trying to market. Um, we're trying to add on additional things as well, uh, but the it, it, the the flyers honestly are one of the ones that I've gotten the best feedback. And I've even you know, and I've heard from another sector that the only way that you can really start a music scene in a town is to immerse yourself and connect yourself to the music scenes that are in that town that already exist. Because the people who go to shows are the people who will go to your shows. I mean, you, you hope that you, exp- that you cast a slightly wider net. But when I'm, when I'm bringing in 70 people to see a Vaporwave show, 40 of them have been to other shows in that week. You know, they, they maybe went to the dubstep show. They maybe went to the house show. They maybe went to the concert, uh, you know, to see the indie rock band. But if like people who go to shows are the people who will go to your shows. And if you aren't out there showing those people that you support music, live music in your city, that you support the musicians of your city, that you support the scenes in your city, why would people come through and support your scene? So when I'm out there with my big goofy mustache pressing flyers (laughs) in people's hands and saying to their face like, yo, I'm having this vaporwave and future funk party at Pops on January the 10th. Uh, although that one's at Mighty Kind. When I'm saying that to people, they're like remembering me and they're looking at this flyer and maybe they're trashed and maybe they're good. What? Oh, yeah. Okay. Rad. Flyers <laughs> go in pockets and, and then they show up at my show. Nice. That's awesome. So, okay. Like that, I would, I would not degrade flyers at all because on Facebook, I reach a lot of people who like a lot of Vaporwave that don't live anywhere near hmm. me. Digital flyers. So, and on Twitter, I reach I reach a lot of people that love Vaporwave, that love what I'm doing, and that really can't come to my show because they live eight hundred miles away. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, 
like myself that, included. It's totally and, and and some of them and some of them do come to my show. Like people have traveled through, which which blows my mind that people are coming in for eighty person vaporwave shows. But like I love that shit. <laughs> obviously, uh, it it makes it makes me feel like I'm I'm really doing something rad. So you say that you you know obviously you get people from other scenes that kind of just come through that support the live scene in St. Louis. Like they're they don't really care what they're listening to, but they're just supporting it. Have you encountered any other scenes, you know, nearby, any other interesting scenes outside of Vaporwave that are of note? Oh, uh, when I was having fire tools come through, uh, the number of St. Louisans who were familiar with some version of Angel's work uh, connected me to an experimental music scene in my city that I honestly did not know existed. Because again, like I was not really involved in the music scene when I was heavy, like honest and true. Like I really was not all this kind of started like me getting into St. Louis and running around and being like, yo, everybody, I'm Ronnie. I'm throwing vaporwave shows that all started, you know, in January of this year. And, uh, I didn't know that there was a vibrant experimental music scene in St. Louis. I went to a show where a young lady covered herself in microphones would climb up a ladder and then fall off of it. And she did this repeatedly as we listened to the noise of her falling off this ladder, usually like, ah, you know, moaning as she would hit the ground. Oh my falling gosh. off the ladder really sucked. <laughs> uh, and she did that until she broke her leg. Oh, really? Fuck, dude. Oh my God. So, I was like, man, you guys get wild with some music around here. Is, is that what we're calling this? Is it music? Whatever this is, it's wild. I love so it. This, so uh, performance, yeah. performance art, that's hardcore or, shit. You know, oh my sound god! Sound experimentation. I don't know. That, that's crazy though. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and you know, who knew that? I honestly had no idea that St. Louis had any of that going on. Uh, there was another thing that was going on at the start of the year, like at the end of the at the end of the winter and the start of the spring. There was a group in St. Louis that had gotten a hold of a really gnarly club in a really old part of town. And man, they were doing some dope stuff in there. I, I came into their party one night and was kind of hearing this whacked out synthesizer as I was outside the party and come in and this lady's playing a harp, uh, like a, like a real full size harp. And this other dude's just wailing out on some 404 beats. It was, you know, you don't expect to see harp plus 404 combos. <laughs> As you're rolling around, but there, there's all kind. I mean, people are making all kinds of cool music, and and St. Louis had a lot more going on than I gave it credit for when I started, and and I don't tr and I try not to underestimate my city the way I was before, and I also believe that there's a lot of stuff going on that I don't even know about, that I don't even know about, and that I'm still, I'm still trying to to crack into certain markets where there are people who want to go to these shows that don't even know that I'm out here. Speaking of things people don't know about, I have a tangent we can go on if anyone would like to do that. Yay, tangent. That's it. Tupperwave said on Twitter, I'm going to make a Christmas song. And then the next day, he comes out with this dope motherfucking ass Christmas song and a video, like a super well-cut, interesting video that ties in with the sound and the, all that. Um. So to celebrate the holiday spirit, does anyone want to play a song by Tupperwave? Let's do it. The new Christmas one. Go for it. Is that the one on his uh his pen? Maybe. He put he made it he put it on Spotify as well. 
Okay. I'm I'm, I'm kind of watching the video right now, and it's just like a bunch of old like Christmas movies, kind of like stitched together, and like some commercials and stuff. It's wonderful. Oh, it's so. Do you like celebrating the holiday spirit, Ronnie? Um. Yeah. I like. I would say that uh, I try not to be too bah humbug. I mean, in general, I have been bah humbug in the past. But when you have, I've like I said, I got a seven year old and a four year old, so I'm kind of used to the idea that uh, Daddy doesn't get to be too cranky about Christmas. <laughs> so we just, you know, we put up the lights. Uh, I don't, I don't make any religious observations about it. You know, it's and you know that's that's another thing that real fun to do through fatherhood is be like so what's the story on this Jesus character I'm like I'll let you read about him when you're old <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be up to you guys I'm not we're not we're not gonna do about that ask your friends they'll tell you no oh, man <laughs> alright we'll let Jesus take the wheel on this one Kids are all about that whammy, so can't get enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really should watch the video with this. It's pretty great. It ties in so well. We'll link it. In the no, it really does. The video really makes the track. It's so awesome. I love Christmas Vaporwave. I'm, I've compiled the ultimate 
fully complete Christmas list of vaporwave Christmas music. <laughs> where do we, where do we share that shit everywhere? Like <laughs> everywhere. Seriously, Spotify is full of every single thing you could I'm, find, you could think of. Um, I have it on Dropbox. I'm I haven't shared it yet because I'm I'm making a Christmas article, um, vaporwave article. So it's going to be featured in there. And then I'm, we're, I'm trying to work on something for our website where I make a radio uh, filled with this Christmas vaporwave music. So it'd be private sweet Christmas. And then we just have all the music there. But I can send it to you if you want, Ronnie. Oh, really? Even though I didn't give you a popsicle? You, you still owe me. <laughs> <laughs> Do it next Electronicon. Yeah. I... Uh... I, I Spotify can can just put together some really nice lo-fi playlists for me, but uh, I'm not finding a lot of vaporwave, a lot of a lot of good chilled hip hop beats to study and relax to, but not a whole lot to. Uh, yeah, get weird to. I, there's more know, and more like, appearing few, on there. There's a lot of future funk, but not not so much vaporwave. But I'll I'll link you some as well. I, th- I have a few bookmarked. I think. But yeah, if you like Christmas music, check. Keep your eyes peeled on the Private Suite website. And if I was a musician, I would make a Christmas song every year. I mean, it's like your it's your lottery ticket. Uh, Mariah Carey never has to work again because of one hot Christmas song. Can you imagine that? Your song getting played every year. Every year they just trot it out because they're like, this is too good to miss. So in, this is too good to in miss. Uh, the main train station of Philadelphia, 30th Street Station, um, a lot of companies will take over and do like a giant ad campaign there. So Spotify did that for December with their, their rewind thing, which is kind of brilliant. I mean, not that it's necessarily vaporwave related, but the whole like compiling all the listening data from this past year. I love it, man. I mean, (laughs) that's, that's an awesome way to look at everything and like down to the names of playlists and everything, but they have a giant, I mean, it's gotta be three stories tall banner there of, you know, average listens from, from, june through december of mariah carey's all i want for christmas is you and it's like they have (laughs) average like you know a million in june and like two million in july and it creeps up and then it gets to like december and it's like 65 million oh my (laughs) just in december um and it's like that the the graph is a picture of her in a red dress and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where you can't even, it's just like her hip down basically. Cause it's just so much. She never has to work that one song. She's set. It's just, it's done. It's your lottery to literally make yeah. that hot Christmas song, boys and girls. Get it, get it in there. And I, I see a lot of people <laughs> try to make Christmas albums too. Cause they're trying to get that, that ticket. <laughs> I mean, if you're a vaporwave artist, who's releasing 12 albums a year anyway, like, Hit me with that Christmas album, friend. I need something to listen to for a month. Well, I mean, to get to the point where if it's good enough, I'll bring it out next year. You know, yeah, you can do like a you know a vaporwave Christmas party. You know, ugly vaporwave Christmas sweater party or something vaporwave like that. Christmas party. Oh, dude, sick. we did that. That was. I mean, all right. So thematically, <laughs> I don't necessarily follow my flyers very hard, and so Hotline Miami was a de facto ugly Christmas sweater at the end. Every every one of the performers was wearing ugly Christmas sweaters. We had probably five or six guests come out in the ugly sweaters. We put Christmas lights all over the place, Christmas decorations. You know, Hotline Miami, <laughs> yeah. Christmas. Yeah, exactly. That's how we do it. I, I could get better at that. 
Well, <laughs> whatever. I mean, what, one step. At I a feel time. like one any kind of show in December or, or after it's, it's Thanksgiving, have some kind of Christmas. You're, to yeah, it. you're just holiday you're, season. It goes with the territory. You can't escape it, man. The holidays are everywhere. Oh, my uh, my my work party went well. Everybody loved my Christmas sweater from Vapor. Which one did you oh, wear? Which one did you get? You got the uh, the Internet Explorer. No, one? the CR- the red CRT monitor. Oh, the CRT one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one did look sick though, and that you know you can kind of like like kind of just wear that one. That's just like a retro throwback, or Internet Explorer is just like obviously like vaporwave. <laughs> oh yeah, sort of. I the one I got, um, <laughs> the other one with the the statue, it was like greenish. That one actually it, oh, did you get it them didn't all? Fit very well, so I'm going to return that one. Uh, but I did really like the CRT monitor, like the quality of it. It's so fucking high. <laughs> I did not realize the quality of this sweater. It feels like a sports jersey. Like, ugh, super, it's insane. The quality, I've never had a sweater this high quality. But the t-shirt version of the one I just linked, it's so thin and it's way too big. Hmm. I ordered a small, it's like a large. And I got I got the Mizucat small uh, at Electronicon 1. And that fits great. So I was like, okay, small again from Vapor 95. But that that one's like super large. So I don't know. So they're giving me a store credit. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yeah. But yeah, they, it went well. Everybody loved it. And I got to explain Vaporwave like 20 times. I was just going to ask you, how many times did you have to explain Vaporwave? Like, oh, what's that sweater? That's interesting. It's- yeah. I, I, I hook them in because I'm in IT, right? They're like, oh, yeah. you like old school <laughs> monitors. I'm like, not only do I like old school monitors, let me educate <laughs> you for like- on something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Do you like low fidelity, slowed down samples of forgotten hits from the 1980s? <laughs> boy, do I have this thing for you, sir. Oh, boy. What is the thing? Tell me all about it. <laughs> what is the thing? I want the thing. Give me the Speaking answer. Speaking of uh, holiday apparel... Um, so the George Clan fan club is doing a, a secret Santa and uh, a bunch of people kind of go in and um, like shout out the luxury for kind of like putting it all together to get everyone to go in on it. So everyone's buying a gift, like $20 gift to send to whoever their Santa is. And so instead of packing it up yourself and sending it, we're just buying it on the Internet and have it shipped to their house. So I got my gift today. That's how you do it. Yeah, I got my gift today. It's a pink hoodie. It's a pink beanie that has like a Bluetooth headphones and it's just like. I screams me. <laughs> and so, oh shit, that's yeah. sick. Yeah, it's, that sounds like more than twenty dollars. Oh, I know. I was like, "What the fuck, dude? This is so awesome!" Because I just like and like it's cold, so I'm like, "Beanie season's my favorite season." Those are like a lot. And it has a that's that's awesome. Yeah, it's got Bluetooth Bluetooth you speakers inside find. of it. And I'll just yes. connect to my phone and just play music through my beanie, and it's fucking tight. Yeah, go to Amazon. Look, pink. you can find them eighteen bucks. What five percent off coupon? Yeah. You'd be amazing. Beanie alone is like thirty dollars for a good one. Beanie gang, it's it's really nice too. Like this thing looks like it's yeah. Link it up. It's like that. Let me check that. It's shit like out. that. Uh, okay, let me. Uh, here, let me get, I, I took a picture of it earlier. <laughs> let me copy. I'm gonna this have to grab and one. paste it. Uh, we wanted. You don't strike me as a beanie person, Indy. I don't. Not, oh, not I really. Gas with the beanie. You know, let me grab my fucking shit. I right say here. you don't. Just yeah, I can. Well, you haven't seen my winter winterized version that's that's true i like my accessories 
So I'm all about the beanie. There it is. That's pretty dope. Oh, that's so Christmas too. It's perfect. Yeah, it, it's actually like really thick and really warm. It's so freaking sick, dude. I'm going to wear this all winter. With Bluetooth <laughs> headphones in them. You'll have to tell me how they sound. That's awesome. I already listened to them. They actually don't sound bad. Nice. They're, they're pretty. They can get pretty loud. And uh, yeah, it's like not on my ears. It's just like right in front of my ears. So it's like. I can still be able to like kind of hear everything about mm-hmm. uh, around me, which is I something I prefer to do because I don't like completely blocking out all the sound and like getting hit by a car or something. That's interesting, like how the the headphones are positioned within the beanie. Because if you have headphones alone, you can adjust them like an actual headphones with the the strap that goes on top of your head. You can put it back to the forward, all this kind of shit. The, the little black tab on the the beanie that's where one speaker at and the other one's like on the opposite side so it must be so tricky to nail with all the different head sizes and ear placements mm-hmm. and stuff <laughs> right so i just kind of like all i try to do is just get it centered yeah and then it'll then it'll and it just fucking it just sounds like the music is coming out of my head it's great <laughs> does someone posted a fucking hilarious and you guys probably know this. It's like maybe that X tendencies guy or not, not what, what is X te- technectonics XXX something. He passed away. Uh, excitation. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm so not well versed in, in internet culture these days. I guess that was old too. It was something. Wah, it was wah. like this hilarious gangster rap shit, but someone put future funk over top of it and put it on Reddit as everybody's fucking loving it. Here, let me post that shit and uh, check it out. It's like, <laughs> just watch it Future for a Funk just hits different. Everybody, if you're listening, check it out in the description because I, I don't know, I, it makes me die. <laughs> it's like Future Funk can save the world. Oh, you're on your phone, Ronnie. You can't watch it. I don't get to watch it. It's all right. <laughs> this is greatest. <laughs> We'll play the song in the in the podcast, but oh my god! Oh my god! So, <laughs> right, let me get you a screenshot. Of something that's good. Yeah, it won't make sense in context. Oh my god, Ronnie, you you would love it. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's something I uh, I couldn't um, I couldn't get. I watched it a million times. But also, the reason I wanted to bring it up was because I've Super Sex Four Twenty and tendencies have been on my mind a lot lately. Because of that uh, vinyl that Montem put out, uh, we were talking. Almost bought it. Oh, didn't. Oh buy no, it. almost bought it. Oh, you should have bought that. Got to, got to save my money for for my big twenty twenty. Big twenty twenty, Christmas holidays. Save too. that money for the big twenty twenty. Yeah, for that Electronicon three. It was, it was a huge, huge record. So this, that song that's in the video is um, Tendencies Super Sex four twenty and. Allo Island Posse, if anybody remembers them. Oh, yeah. I I grabbed their tapes back in like 2016, and I haven't heard of them since. It's a damn shame. Don't Hold Back by Tendencies makes virtually every playlist that I send out to be like, yo, what's Vaporwave? It's like, here, have this. Yeah. <laughs> have, don't, have Don't Hold Back. Yeah, it's a great, you need great this. 101. And- great YouTube video, too. All my, I, I guess the artsy stream is just, the the butt slapping just like over and over yeah tendencies don't hold back just repeat like two and a half minutes of of ass slapping this one's similar (laughs) she's a girl in in uh her panties sort of yeah but it's just anime shit it's everywhere it is right knock that shit off (laughs) y'all 
<laughs> so um, nobody has to listen to anything I say. I'll, I, I will preface that, but at the same time, I got I got opinions. Yeah, I got opinions. We gotta make our make our thoughts known, man. Everybody's been silenced over the past few years. Everyone's too scared to say shit. But um, speaking of saying shit, I was just talking about Tupperwave. Pad Chennington just did a super cool video of a 2019 Vaporwave recap. Everybody check it out if you haven't. And he talks about his favorite um, 2019 record, which was a Tupperwave record. Baby, I Miss You. The sister or brother, I guess you could say, record to to You Baby with Love. And uh, that's a great choice, man. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. To You Baby with Love is my favorite like record one of them for sure and i don't know i like this one a lot too so it's a cool video check if you haven't checked out his uh his new album do dropper yet go do that it's really really good album and that was the next thing on my list to say mm-hmm. thank you <laughs> <laughs> and tupperwave in general is such like a real g just like so cool everywhere everywhere you can encounter them they are fabulous to talk with supportive positive vaporwave hero believing in the future and the things that are going to happen uh i i i find their hustle their output to be inspiring and part of the zeitgeist that i want to be associated with Mm -hmm. uh in terms of vaporwave we just neon 95 and i talked about him for like 10 15 minutes on the previous episode of the show so hopefully people don't feel sick of tupperwave because of us (laughs) But I like how you said that, man. You're, you have such a way with words. <laughs> I just talked. He's about a real it. participant in the zeitgeist. <laughs> so, the, some the like positive that. part. Be, be, I mean, I don't know. I was watching Star Wars last night, so there's a lot of dichotomy going on in my head at the moment. Uh, but like, vaporwave has a light side and a dark side. You know, we've got a council of Jedi's and we got Siths. That's that's just real. And like, I got to decide. I have to decide and research with the acts that I'm putting on where I want to fall. And like, I will also say like, I kind of have this, this secret dream to do like a party that is all dark side vaporwave motherfuckers too. Just be like, <laughs> I'm going to get all the jerks out and we're all going to just come out here and party. They will never, they'll never fuck with me. But I mean, I, I, I feel like part of the rich tapestry of vaporwave is the good and the bad, but I know who I got love for. You know, at the same time. Mm-hmm. You guys ever see those old Vaporwave albums, like ghost albums? I think we did a, an article on them at one point. They're like just random ass albums. You were t- kind of talking about them, Ronnie, that are, where people are super uh, anonymous and you just couldn't have no fucking clue who made that record. That artist doesn't make any more records. It was just an alias. Uh, I found a record by Lan Odyssey from 2011. And it's fucking dope. You don't like there's there's a lot of albums from 2011 that people just have never heard of. There's only like three that people really go to. Um, there is a there is a Facebook group called the Vaporwave Depths of Bandcamp. Ooh, that is perfectly hmm. dedicated to. Uh, I'm not particularly active in the group, I, but I, but I'm aware of it, and I've I've looked through there a couple of times. And they're dedicated to finding, you know, albums that exist deep inside Bandcamp that no one ever doesn't get the plays they deserve. 
you know, never really got the recognition. Uh, you can find a lot of 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 rare rare groove vaporwave hidden deep inside the vaults of Bandcamp, just because you know publishing publishing costs are zero. Just yeah. put it up there. Mm-hmm. It's like a vaporwave archaeologists, kind of like uncovering the oh, lost my past. Favorite. It was yeah. vaporwave depths. The digital detrius. <laughs> vaporwave depths. The vaporwave depths of Bandcamp. Okay, and it's a Facebook. Yeah, group. yeah, yeah. Dope. So I want to play a song from this record, Land Odyssey. It's the trippiest shit ever. Like you just look at the album art while I play it. That's all. That that artwork wow. fits it perfectly. It does, eh? That's weird with all the glitchy, trip, trippy, chopping, phasey stuff. That's crazy. And like, so question is, why did this guy make this record? Did he know about fucking washed out and Chuck Person's Echo, Echo Jams and Vectroid? And what? This is December 2011. That's pretty early. Is it Vectroid? Oh. That's a great question. I think she said she had like 16 aliases. Someone Good Lord. told me alias <laughs> recently. Yeah, I just love that shit. I'm like, wh- always wondering what these people are thinking about and how they make this early stuff. And like the new stuff, like that's some really interesting production. A lot of people have even like, I wouldn't call this lazy production at all. And a lot of some people have lazier production than this but the tracks are still pretty dope. Like you don't need to have super complex production and constant editing and all that to have a good song. But I kind of respect this a lot for some reason. I don't know why. And he's, this was one, one album by this artist. That's it. One the group is undeniable. I, I, I wonder, I find myself wondering, you know, without really knowing if, if part of the anonymity that was associated with early vaporwave. And I'm sure you guys in discussing this as frequently as you do with so many different people, you might have insight mm-hmm. or know that this is just common knowledge, but you know, the anonymity was probably could have been, you know, part of the, the knowledge that these things were uncleared samples that you weren't going to get to, you weren't really oh, yeah. going to get to capitalize on it anyway, that it was really, it's just a sketchbook. It's just a thing for anybody who finds it to enjoy. But it's not, it's not my artistic project. Mm-hmm. My artistic project is what I put on the canvas. But this is my sketchbook. Have a look. Dude, that's, uh, that's so that's kinda cool how you I said that. Fuck. <clears throat> I love I mean, it. I, it's just an idea. Because you have the publishing costs to, to put an album onto Bandcamp or onto SoundCloud. They're not there. So you can just constantly be sketching and sketching and fucking around with one track and say, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I just did this and then... <laughs> You're like, damn, that is cool. Somebody might want to hear it. And you just publish it and you can free yourself from it and then go back to your real artistic project, this thing that you're working on and that you're polishing and that you're you're ready to to assign your name to and say, this is my artistic output. But yeah, I got sketchbooks all over the place. 
Hmm. That's such an interesting like relationship that you've made, like the metaphor. So cool. It reminds me of uh, my favorite philosopher, Nietzsche, if anyone's heard of him. His last, his last book was exactly that. It was a sketchbook of ideas. And then his sister, after he passed away, collected them and rewrote them sort of and put them into her own book under his name. So don't read that book, <laughs> anybody. It's called Twilight. She did not. She was not on No, it. it's a shit. It's, it can t- it's, that's the book that contaminates Nietzsche's reputation for people, I think, because a lot of people are like iffy about him or find him questionable or something. But she's a fucking bitch. And she 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 fucked that shit up like real bad. Way to ruin Nietzsche for Andy. You're Andy, you jerks. <laughs> yeah, you guys ruined Nietzsche. But that's you're, it's so true. It's just like thought experiments that people put out there, like cassette cassette culture. People making cassettes, mixtapes for people, and be like, "Yo, check out this experiment I made. Throw it on, and now we can About upload it. them to Bandcamp." Now and and we are, and they are like no matter no matter what. No matter what anybody says, like no matter what we say, there are people who are just uploading to Bandcamp because they're like, I don't care if anybody hears it. And maybe they don't expect anybody to hear it. And then maybe we hear it. We're like, holy shit, dude, this is amazing. Because that's that's what music's all about <laughs> is is having that moment where you listen to it and it tickles your music bone and you, you're never the same. <laughs> your music bone. So got a, I, I got some breaking news, guys. Oh yeah, breaking uh, Twitter seven seven minutes ago. Uh, DDS new album coming out twenty twenty. Oh, fuck! Nice, but get, guess the label. Oh, you mean to tell me DDS is going to come out with a new album? And I, <laughs> I never would have guessed that. Never would have guessed it. But you, now you <laughs> know it's coming. You know it's coming on Twitter. You know it's coming. You expect them to. But now you know it's it's happening. I so. wonder what sound they're going to take exciting. out of their crazy Venn diagram. I have no idea. Hmm. No idea. Watch, anybody watch the uh, the Electronicon two footage of DDS this week? Uh, this week, got... it pre- it premiered on YouTube. This oh week. shit! So George George has been making those performances available. Yeah. you can go onto YouTube and you can see Death Dynamic Shrouds Electronicon two performance. Relive it. Cry if you want Dope. to. Under the hundred percent electronica channel, or I do believe so. Yeah, they yes. did. Uh, they put up Telepath already in Corp. Some they others. Put, put out Vapor as well. You get to see a nice HD footage of him smashing his laptop. Oh, sick! Oh, yeah. Vapor set was. I'm sick. gonna watch that set just to see him fucking rock it out, man. <laughs> in HD, that's yeah. Because yeah, their yeah, footage was, is really nice. Yeah, it looks really. good. I was right behind this camera at the show <laughs> for the. Uh, the I, I I was standing right next to this guy. Oh, that was such a good set. Mm-hmm. Such a good set. It was. Uh, I noticed yeah. you and I, out of everybody in the magazine, we all wrote who our favorite sets were. You and I, Pony, put Vaporer are the only ones. So really, uh, virtual high five. Nice. He's uh, for you're talking about for uh, Electronicon one. A one, yes. Yeah, his was. It was. It was just good. It was. It really was just good. good. <laughs> I mean, it was just. High energy and great visuals. It was it was just awesome. So and he did great at the second one too. Even and then he smashed his laptop and it was awesome. All right, I got I got a I got a discussion topic we can talk about. I got 
the chillest fucking song ever that I found on um, Local Visions. If anybody knows that label, shout out to you because that's one of my favorite labels ever. And not many people know them. You want to? Go okay. We'll do the song, then we'll go on the discussion topic, unless anyone has to go or anything. All right, we got time. We got time. All right, here's a song on Local Visions. It's and check the label out: local-visions.bandcamp.com. They put a lot of really, really nice stuff, including some tapes that are very highly sought after, including double, including Crystal Cola's Late Night TV. You guys know that fucking album, man? That banger of an album? What year did that come out? No, I'm going to have that. Oh, it was 2018? Oh, I thought it was. And that to my wish yeah, list. You, you, if, <laughs> yeah, you guys are going to shit over that album. Maybe we'll play it another, I love another the, time. I love the art, though. It looks oh, awesome. yeah, dude. The J card, <laughs> man. That's what I'm about. But I didn't get that tape. And it's people are selling it for a crazy price on Discogs. But uh, let me play this other song. It's by Forest Room. Uh, rather, it's called Forest Room by Mori de Carasu. Mori de Carasu. Yeah. Here it is. Uh...
Nice. Yeah, that's dreamy as shit, man. Super chill. I can just like meditate over that so easily, you know? One of the things as a as a guy who's throwing shows, that music is it's complicated to put it into a, a live space. And one of the things that I'm really looking forward to doing in 2020 is working on a show that I'm developing in my mind as more of a freakout uh, than a dance party. Because most of my parties, most of my events, shows have kind of you know, evolved into that. Let's uh, let's listen to some future funk. Let's listen to some upbeat vaporwave things that ultimately we're going to dance to. Right. And you know, people love that. They really do. But there's a there's a lot more to this music than just moving moving people on the dance floor and mm -hmm. the opportunity to expose somebody into an ambient uh, or drone piece that you know really gives a, the artist the chance to stretch out and say something different. I'm I'm looking at building that space for one of my shows in 2020. Hopefully the first quarter uh, because because I don't want it all to be one way. I want to. I want it. To, I want to cast a big net and make sure that everybody's got a chance to to make art in the space. You would need the base to be on point for that, like hair stand on the back of your neck, sort of thing. Like when you listen well, to that, it has that's to be true. loud. <laughs> Another thing that we've considered is in St. Louis, and I don't know if this goes on in other cities, is a thing called the silent disco. Uh, okay. Essentially, it's. I mean. You have to rent this hardware, but everyone gets headphones and they they will listen to the music in the space together. Oh, I've seen that. But yeah. on headphones, trying to get this really high fidelity headphone music type vibe. So that way your your audio experience is definitely this very controlled stereo sound. You know, it's. It's not this it's not this live space where it's just everything is bouncing off the walls and and you know the artist goes, Well, it doesn't sound the way it's supposed to sound. It doesn't sound the way it sounds when I'm mixing it. Uh so that's something that we're considering doing for this event as well. Uh just as a possibility. Silent discos are super fun. I, do it, man. What's that? You guys are into it? Yeah, I, I, like, I, I've been so to silent discos before. I've been to like two of them and it's cool because I was at um, some like little mini pre Burning Man festival they had here in the city, and uh, they had a whole spot inside of this warehouse where they had a silent disco going on, and they had three different DJs. They all had their own music that they're playing, and you can just switch the channel of what DJ you want to listen to on the headphones, and then it would change the color. So you, all the headphones had like three different colors. You just see the entire sick like little space cool. of people all dancing. You don't know what anybody's listening to, but they're all dancing to different music, and it's just super crazy. <laughs> wow, that's that you that kind of went up a level with that with that last like everybody pick choose your own adventure yeah it's like choose your own music some people <laughs> might be listening to dubstep some people might be listening to like some more chill like funky music and then some guys just like i don't know it was just like yeah all the different channels had their like a completely different type of music but they were all in the same space listening to it i love the idea of two people like dancing within five feet of one another at like radically different tempos <laughs> like one guy's up at like 138 and the other guy's like got some like at 109 some drum and bass and going like, next Whoa. to someone like just listening to like some really chill music yeah so no i i appreciate like i i feel like there's just so much opportunity just to go back to my shit again guys uh there's just so much opportunity 
to to do cool stuff with this music because it's it's so varied. There's so many different ways you could take it. Absolutely. Can I plug my show? Please, please go for yeah, it, man. All right. So my next show is on January 10th. It's going to be here in St. Louis because all my shows are insane. It's going to be at a spot that we've never been at before. It is going to be at the Mighty Kind Cannabis Dispensary. So Ooh, we're going to party wow, in, 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 the, <laughs> in the marijuana shop. It seems like the right thing to do. So we're going to go up there. It, it opens on New Year's Day. We're going to be in there on January 10th. So we're excited to be christening the dispensary with some vaporwave. It seems like the right thing that. to do. It's so cool. <laughs> we are going to have Synchro Start from Chicago, who played at Electronicon One's after party. And we are going to have A Hero from Chicago come through and do just, I'm uh, very excited to have him. That'll be his second time playing a Vapor Space event. So we're really excited to have repeat artists come in from out of town. Uh, usually they don't come back if you suck. So maybe we don't suck. And then uh, <laughs> we are also going to have. We're going to have Sound Market perform. Uh, we are also having a St. Louis house DJ named Sailor perform. And, you know, to anybody who's like listening to this go, what if I was going to throw a show in my city? Uh, this is going to be our, our ninth show. And I've learned that if you want to get more people to your show, bring an artist from a genre that people in your city already connect with, love and like, and include them on your show. like. It, it adds instant legitimacy to everything that you're doing whenever you're bringing in, whenever you're also got a, got a person on your bill that people know about and can relate to. And, it, you know, you just have to not, not be a purist about your scene and be open to the idea that when a house person comes to a vaporwave show, they might get to hear something that they've never heard before. And so I look at it as, as an opportunity to share with this music with new people that I couldn't connect with any other way. Because I can't go to the house show and just make them all listen to Vaporwave. But if I bring some of that house show to my show and they want to come to it, then hopefully they'll hear music that they've never heard before and decide that they love something new. And that's, that's what you got to do when you're trying to grow a thing. But she's playing as well. And I am also very privileged to have a visual effects specialist coming through for this next one i am using uh, a friend of mine forgotten vcr is coming through to do vhs visuals for our show throughout the night and some analog video mixing it's very cool that's gonna be sick man january 10th come come party with me uh, i wish <laughs> <laughs> it's only it's only 900 miles Oh, but I'm, I'm no, like just, already spending all I'm, my money going to LA for New Year's. Come on, dude, it's, get in your Fiesta and drive out to St. Louis. I'll be, I'll be out there. Uh, yeah, I wasn't, essentials, and then wasn't essentials talking in April. to you. <laughs> I got Essential coming up and then like Electronicon's probably going to be a few months after that. Shit. I'm hoping for Electronicon to be in Chicago and then you can throw a show like like maybe sometime around that time, and then I can go to both. Ooh, that's what I'm hoping. Ooh. All right, <laughs> that's it. That, I, I challenge accepted. Now, what, what I will, uh, I will. I don't know when Electronicon is going to be. Of course, no, at this I, point, no, none of us do. I don't think. Well, you've at least given me more things for me to add to my endless to do list <laughs> in the service of vaporwave. Well, thank you very much, Ronnie. <laughs> 
Indy, you had a topic, I believe. I do. That we were gonna that we were gonna follow up directly after that super chill song. Let's do it. It's about stock photography in Vaporwave and how oh, yeah. a lot of music that we see, especially album art album art and aesthetics and things in Vaporwave have stock photography and a lot of it specifically of Japanese women, Japanese girls in like a very hazy sort of ghost-like setting where the background is blending in with them or something like waterfront dining comes to mind or virtual reality deluxe. You know what I mean? So like, where does that aesthetic really come from? And how do you think it affects the lives of sort of the people, maybe not directly, especially in vaporwave because it's such a small genre, but we're kind of reappropriating these stock photos of these people from different eras. So I'm interested in hearing what you guys have to think about it in general and what you think the people who the stock photos are of think about it if they were to see their face on a Vaporwave record. So a lot of, you know, Vaporwave is based a lot around the traditional themes would be like nostalgia and consumerism specifically with consumerism, something that goes hand in hand with that is stock photography because you use it in advertisements, you use it in commercials, you use it in just everything. It's, it's, you see it all over the place. Um, so it makes sense why stock photography would be heavily used within the vaporwave community, uh, specifically older stock photography, because you're going back to that eighties era, the nostalgia factor, uh, Japan also plays a big factor in, vaporwave so stock photography old stock photography from japan just it ticks all the boxes on there so that's that's why i think you see it a lot now your your point with the people seeing themselves on the album i would be willing to bet that most of them would not care and the reason i say that is um a relative of mine uh she way back when she did some like stock photography modeling so her picture was used quite a bit in picture frames like you know you go to a store buy a picture frame and they have like that you know picture in there already kind of like to to demo the picture frame really um so we'd be out shopping in random places and we'd go and like oh look there's my aunt in a picture frame in a store (laughs) and it was just It was just like, and it wasn't even like locally. It's like we were in Florida at one point. Oh my God. At the time, didn't have any relatives that were from Florida. She wasn't from Florida. um, And she's just in a random picture frame there. So I think if you get into the stock photography market and modeling, I don't think you really get phased by your picture being used. I mean, I think you'd, you'd have a more, you'd have a much higher chance of seeing someone in, in a stock photo, um, caring about it if they get used in like a meme or something Um, (laughs) because that's going to be much more widespread than like a vaporwave album at least right now when you started saying like uh an an ethos of vaporwave uh i thought you were going to say is stealing and i would also you know with and i mean this in like the most in the most bitchin' way possible. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like... Stealing is cool. Well, it, it's like part... It's like the hell with copyright, you know? It's like, this is fair use. This is a thing that is sitting here that's just sitting here, man. 
let me use it and I'm going to fuck it up a little. So it's going to be cool. <laughs> I mean, like to me, that's, that is some, I mean, with the, with the crest flip on our flyer, you know, everything is about appropriating corporate property. I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, that's, that's just a little bit of a renegade side of, of my approach. Uh, <laughs> and hopefully it doesn't get me in too much trouble before it's all said and done. I mean, everything appropriates from ev- everything. I mean, you look at some of the most famous brands and they appropriate. I mean, look at the Supreme logo. Um, I mean, that styling is taken directly from Barbara Kruger's art. That same that that same font over the red background that's been around for decades um, in, in very famous artwork, um, and they've used it for their own gain. So, as far as I know, she's not suing Supreme for uh, taking that. It, it, it using very you know different uh designs and 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 other concepts from existing art it's been going on for forever and and i think it is a cool part of the the fact that we're so knowledgeable and self-aware about how how willing how far we're willing to go uh you know as as i don't know i don't want to call myself a vaporwave artist but as vaporwave enthusiasts how far uh, you know, we're willing to go to to borrow a thing, to take a thing, to utilize a thing and say, I know that this is stock photo and you want me to pay for it, but I'm not gonna like that's <laughs> well, like your, think- your fresh beats sign, uh, you know, advertisement like you're not using that saying, man, I'm really going to take Crest market share and break into no, the, no, the toothpaste uh, game. Like it's, uh, it's certainly you're using not. it. <laughs> Certainly not. I mean, it, I mean, I don't know what you're doing. Maybe that is what you're trying to do, and you're I, just using vaporwave as a you know an end to the the lucrative toothpaste market. But I, mean, I think I think we're I all know. out here trying to subvert corporate art. <clears throat> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, I, so I I'm struck by the scene in Fight Club where they're like, "We need to destroy a piece of corporate art." Like, yes, <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> we're we're gonna take that cor- we're gonna take that piece of corporate art, and we are going to completely repackage it in into what man we're gonna make it cool we're gonna like that that is a big flip uh that is what i don't don't know just one man's opinion not everybody does it not everybody approaches it that way but i certainly believe that it was part of the ethos when we were founded at least in some sectors some artists were like how how can we sub the the elevator music and the stock footage and I I think it's a cool part of what we do as culture pirates, plunder fun. culture pirates I'm stealing it all, man. Agnos, any thoughts? You guys like said everything I was going. To I was say. like, let's give him <laughs> a chance so to say something. I'm like, uh, <laughs> shit, like because I was just gonna I was gonna go on about how like I when I think of like Japanese nineties uh um stock footage, I always think of like magazines and like. Magazines that had like some kind of like tech shit from like the nineties and like, you know, everything was shot with film. So it had that, that, that kind of the uh, grain, soft you know, the, yeah, that grain and yeah. that kind of just look that comes from photos that were taken before digital cameras existed or were like popular. And that's something that we don't have or really see a lot of nowadays because everything takes these immaculate pictures <laughs> with their digital cameras. And so. I think we miss, and that, that's kind of just goes back to the whole nostalgia thing. You think of like pictures aren't the same as they used to be when we were kids. That's like I was everywhere. That's all the pictures we ever saw were grainy film taken photo photographs. And so to see like a picture, like something, and then like magazines, I always thought kind of really represented it the best because it's nice and grainy. 
printed on something that probably wasn't even printed at like the the best absolute quality. So yeah, the balance between budget and right clarity. Yeah, yeah, like a full page ad advertisement for like uh, a Kodak camera, <laughs> like disposable camera. <laughs> well, it depends on the magazine too. I mean, you have yeah. like a you know something like a. a, a I'm I'm thinking I like. Don't know. Like, like a Newsweek or something like that would be like, you know, pretty basic. Like Yeah, like something like super it. cheap that you'd like, you'd get a bunch of them because you get them every week or something. Yeah, but like something like, you know, it wasn't like a, a Vanity Fair, which is known which had, for their, mm-hmm. you know, like National Geographic Vanity Fair, like known for their photography Beautiful and everything. It's going to be printed at much, much higher quality. Right, and those were pricier magazines and they looked Of course. Awesome. Yep. If you had like cheap magazines or even like ads you would see like in the newspaper because people still bought newspapers back then too and that was yeah. all shit printed <laughs> yeah yeah so why yeah. japan though and why women only mostly I think, uh well i don't know um what would be the next country i think japan well japan i think it's back in like the 90s we felt japan was the superior yeah, city pop so it's like like it's obvious like thinking like oh high-tech japan from the 90s and that's kind of what everyone wanted was the Japanese stuff because they made the best shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like cars. everyone wanted all the high-tech stuff in Japan, the cars, the, yep. cameras, everything. the video games, everything. Read my City Pop article on issue seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, read it. Well, and, and Tokyo, uh, you know, as this, this giant city in, in Japan, it was so easy to look at pictures of it and go, this is unlike anything that I've ever seen in the United States. Like... The, the the way they developed that city, the way, you know, the culture was coming around and, and the way that they were doing nightlife and, and music and everything in Japan. Talk about uh, an intriguing and totally, you know, foreign culture to the average American who never saw anything like that. Even even the even the words look cool. <laughs> like you're just like, whoa, <laughs> I don't know. I can't sound it out. I don't know what that is. I don't even know how to read it, but it looks, looks cool. <laughs> I mean, Beck thought so. You, you know what I've been doing a lot this last week is I've been trying to figure out how kanji is read. You ever Have you all ever thought about that before? I took a class on it. Yeah. I, I did, So it, like it came to me that, oh, kanji is like this big block of Japanese and they're like Chinese characters that are borrowed into Japanese. And um the characters are more or less the same as what Japanese use them, but they have like different pronunciations and meanings sometimes. So, and I didn't realize that they're all broken down to like tiny, smaller portions called radicals. And so I, that like fascinated me this whole last week trying to, and now I'm like, see, I see big kanji characters and I can start recognizing some of the radicals. And I'm like, oh shit, I can start like deciphering what some of these actually mean now. And that was like a whole new world of like something that just opened up for me. Yeah, it's one thing to to learn a new language, but it's another thing to learn a new language that uses a completely different script than what you're used right. to. Um, you know, like I obviously can read and write English and I can read and, you know, uh, Spanish and I, I speak a little French. Um, but like when I was growing up, you know, as someone who is Jewish, you know, I went to Hebrew school, so I learned how to read and write Hebrew. Oh, no shit. Um, so like I can I can read it. I I can see it and I can read it. I know what the different letters sound like and, and how to put together a sentence. I couldn't tell you what anything means. Right. In it. It's the same but, way with because um, uh, I think it, lear- learning to like Disraelic alphabet's pretty easy because it's like a lot of the characters are pretty much the same as the Latin alphabet. 
But like once you like learn how to just read and sound out the like Cyrillic and like Russian words, yeah. you can like start saying, yeah, exactly. like, oh, I know what those say. I can pronounce it kind of. <laughs> but it's, it, it gets to the point where you don't have to think about it and you don't have to process it. Like I can look at like a wall of Hebrew text and I can look at it and just read and just know what it looks like. Um, whereas if I look at like Russian or Chinese or Japanese, I, I wouldn't, I have no idea where to start to even try to decipher it because I haven't tried to. It's, it's not, you just can't do it. I can't do it. You can, but <laughs> Indy, what are your thoughts on all of this? Oh, sure. Um, I think it's, <laughs> I just think it's interesting why we, like I asked the question, what would be the next country? I think it's interesting how we always look to Japan in the past. You know, like we were saying, they have all these interesting technologies always ahead of the game. And they were like certainly a superior country in the sort of race for um, the high life and uh, all that. Like they were ahead of the United States at one point in the early 80s. So uh, it makes sense. I just think it's like weird that everybody does it. And now it's become so common that people like can't not do it. I won't do it. You know, I won't do it. That's why I love Desert Sand <laughs> because he's all about that China shit. <laughs> it's true. I'd go on a limb. I would say, I would say that I could see France being another place. France, France, for, yeah. Because because film noir, you have a rich history. You have uh, a very large art scene. Uh, fashion is huge there and lots of that's a kind of like ground zero for a lot of new fashion trends um it's also a pretty technologically advanced country um they do have a lot of technology they have a lot of history with technology they're one of the the leaders in aviation um you know it's so i could see i could see you know france and paris specifically um being a ground zero for it even you look towards the south of France to, to like Nice and, and even Monaco, which is its own principality, but um, being like that luxury side of things. So I could. You I could see so that. That's fucking amazing that you said that. You know why? Because after why? feudal Japan, they looked to France for everything like film. Oh, yeah. There's this director, yeah. Jean-Luc Godard, like Every fucking Japanese director was like, that's who I'm going to make my films like. And that's why Japanese cinema is so good because of France. Interesting. Now so, that you mentioned that. And, and, and now that I'm going back and thinking about that, there is a lot of um, French influence on Japanese fashion and culture as well. Um, if you just walk through Tokyo and other cities in Japan um, and just look at what people are wearing a lot of it does take cues from French fashion. Exactly. Hmm. That is, yeah, that's we could dive into that as a whole fucking episode. Ser- seriously. Yeah. Oh wow. But Rich, you were positing that like Fran- the that the that the cultural heritage of France is ripe for I, I've, for lack of a better term, uh, plunder by the, <laughs> by the vapor by the vapor waves. Right for plundering. Like, is, is that is that based like you say? Since Phonic we've been, style. you know, so far we've done a lot of stuff. The the plunder has come from Japan, but you think this could be a, a fertile so mine assu- of assuming material? you're that- looking at the same requirements that Japan has. You know, uh, you know, a very very vivid history, uh, technologically advanced society, um, uh, hotbed for fashion and 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 other things like that, and art. 
Um, I think France does hit that. I, I vaporwave can come from anywhere. You know, I've it certainly can. You know, it can. It certainly I'm I, so I was in Israel a few months ago, and I'm walking through a certain place when I was over there, and I'm thinking to myself, like, man, like I would love to make an album or do some work based around what I'm seeing right now and taking cues from from that. And I have some some records that I can sample that are you know from that area and that would work from that. So it doesn't have to, you know, if you're going from the traditional formula of like, you know, technology and fashion and artwork and everything else like that. Sure. I think France fits that, but there's no rules. We're, we're continuously rewriting the rules of vaporwave on a, you know, daily basis. So, you know, let's bring on the Bulgaria wave and the, you know, chili trap and whatnot. So hmm. yeah. I'm down. I'm, I'm, there is a, there is absolutely uh, an Israeli vaporwave album that is on the tip of my tongue that, I'm hopefully that someone is like, oh yeah, you're probably talking about that. Oh, I cannot think of the name of it, but a, a huge album for me that I just don't have right now. So, think about it. Let me know. Love but, to. Do you know the album? But, but again, it it's a. I mean, it's it's something that is attempting to encapsulate uh, literally the culture of the Holy Land. You know, of like what it's uh, like Jerusalem-based vaporwave. It's freaking amazing. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, mm. like what what a concept album to take off on one, and and it was just really well done. And I wish I could think of it. I will get it, and I will any get it to you. any Please place that has a fascinating history. You know, I feel like you can you can use that as like inspiration for a new album. Um, you know, especially a place like Jerusalem is is crazy. I mean, I was there in. 2010 and then i was there again in 2019 and it had changed so much and it is such an interesting city um and i could absolutely see drawing inspiration from from everything around you to to create you know this artwork so create music and art yeah yeah it's a good topic andy thanks for answering my question i'm gonna be looking at i'm gonna be looking into uh to french culture for you know because I can't, I can't, uh, I've been too big of a critic of uh, song titles and band names that I can neither read <laughs> nor share nor pronounce for entirely too long uh, to start embracing the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Time to of, go French, of bro. The, of those stock images. But I'm going to start robbing from France. There you go. Right yeah. I feel like awesome. we've been plundering art from France forever. <laughs> I mean, I mean, everyone has, right? If you look through <laughs> history, everyone's been stealing it's stuff. Like in the French books. have some you know, of the best shit, man. <laughs> they do. They now do. that now that I think about it, my next show, which is called Black Diamond, which we went for a ski lodge theme because oh, nice. I was cold when we were One naming French the French Alps. I, dude, we like we put art all over this thing, which are chalets from oh, the French Alps. I, can, I am dude, already, already stealing French art and architecture for my vaporwave shows, and you just said it. What you're in at the ground floor, my how'd dude. How'd you do that? <laughs> how would you do that? It's a trade That's secret. Crazy. That's how we do. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I know we didn't do release radar, but I just want to say, everybody, Data Girls record is out on tape on Pacific Plaza Records. It's also today's advent calendar record for those of you in the future listening to this podcast. It was yesterday's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for that too. Advent calendar, something very cool. If you want to participate in more cool private suite things like that, check out our Patreon. Very cool. We always have cool things planned for our upcoming issues. Speaking of Data Girl, um, 
uh, she's also doing a uh, remix competition. And uh, that's right. So if you, she's looking for uh, two tracks will be selected and they will be put up on a future re-release. Check out her Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> Check out my Twitter. Jen, yes. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. everyone's stuff at? I got, I got Twitters. I got Instagrams. I got Facebook. My uh, Facebook group is Vaporspace STL. My Instagram is Vaporspace STL. My Twitter, Vaporspace STL. You should find me. Nice. Awesome. I like the consistency. Ognos, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Ognos Music on both Instagram and Twitter. And my Facebook is basically dead, so don't look for me there. <laughs> where can we find you, Rich? Uh, PHLSFO, Instagram and Twitter. Andy? Don't look for me. Just just, just listen to the show. Okay. <laughs> just there you just go. listen to social I'm not posting anything. <laughs> I'm so tired of social media. Oh, man. All right. You can uh, check out our YouTube and shit. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. Check out the YouTube. Yeah. Check out my YouTube. Vapor Space has <laughs> Yes, dude. Okay. I am your first subscriber, Ronnie. I fucking saw the video that got posted. Oh, can I talk your about buddy? that? Go yes, for it. Yeah, Give her. we should go over right, that. Yes. This is crazy. All right. So before Electronicon won, two weeks before, I go to a show where DJ Swamp, who is the 1996 DMC champion of like turntablism and scratching, and you can oh, see fuck. YouTube videos of him doing what he used to do. What's his name? He's coming through St. Louis. What's that? What's his name? Sorry. DJ Swamp. Swamp. All right. Okay. Like, like the Florida Swamp. So DJ Swamp, he's coming back through St. Louis <clears throat> for the first time in, well, in a long time. Uh, he had come through with Beck it, for the Midnight Vultures tour where he was his opening act. And then he played a rave in St. Louis in, on Christmas night of 1999 that I went to. And during that time, he was spraying down his records, lighter fluid and lighting them on fire while he was scratching what? them, which was pretty dope, but trashed a lot of turntable. Uh, <clears throat> but so DJ Swamp is back through St. Louis. I go to the show because I'm promoting a Vapor Space event, and I'm, I'm talking to DJ Swamp. Yo, what's up, dude? You know, I'm, I'm throwing these shows now. I saw you back in 99. It was kind of a low-key show, so I had plenty of time to talk to him. I was like, I throw Vapor Wave shows in St. Louis now. He's like, what's Vapor Wave? So I'm talking to DJ Swamp about Vapor Wave, and he's got his laptop out. He is researching and like downloading every single thing I'm telling him. He goes on and like buys a, a vaporwave synth pack and is like, this is real cool shit. I'm gonna like look into it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep checking it out. Over the next couple of days, like he's checking out stuff, being like vaporwave is rad. I'm into it. Yesterday he texts me, uh, not text me, hits me on Messenger and is like, yo, I'm working on this vaporwave remix of stratosphere for Beck. And we're, we're finishing up, finishing it up right now. Uh, I might have a question for you. He doesn't have a question for me, but then he sends me the track this morning. And so it's uploaded to my YouTube page. As far as I know, that's the only place you can find it right now. So you can check out the DJ swamp vaporwave remix of Beck's stratosphere on the vaporwave STL YouTube page. Uh, I like it just messes with my head to think that like I've been sharing vaporwave with cool artists who are then inspired to do these kinds of production techniques on the pop music of today. I just I would say it came out a lot more synthwave than vaporwave, but it's still pretty cool just to know that these kinds of influences are traveling through me somehow. It's awesome. 
It's awesome. insane. We'll link that in the description so you go check it out on the uh, the Vapor Space STL YouTube channel. Awesome. Thank you. I'm I'm really excited about it. It's been it's been an incredible journey. It's been an incredible thing to experience Vaporwave in this way. Well, Ronnie, thank you for uh, joining us today. It's awesome to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. It was a real pleasure. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, thanks so much, Ronnie, <laughs> for uh, being out here. Oh, it's so much fun. Oh, yeah, this is great. I'm very honored to be asked. I, I subscribe to you guys. I've got issue seven and eight. I am a Patreon supporter. I've also really dug the advent calendar and downloaded all these albums. Uh, it's it's so like, dude, this is so much fun. I just feel like we're we're part of something really, really cool. And, you know, we're all in at this point in time. Can you imagine like slaving away? throughout the early 2000s and having it feel like it was going nowhere and everybody telling you dead man that would be just heartbreaking but here we are right now man we just know, just to the top. A two hour podcast talking about vaporwave so much fun <laughs> like every bit of like making friends everywhere you go we all love each other so much it's great certainly is hell yeah man all hell right, well, yeah. Thank, thank you for coming on the uh, on the show ronnie really appreciate it glad to have you definitely have you back on thanks for point. having me uh, for everyone else listening, you can find us uh, on Twitter at Private Suite Pod, uh, Instagram at Private Suite Pod, also uh, the general magazine Twitter at Private Suite Mag, uh, Facebook, again, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, uh, and of course, PrivateSuiteMag.com, the new home for the Private Suite podcast. Give us a call on the hotline, 41244-VAPOR, and I think that's about it anyone any last words you want to get in before we any last words any last words i thought you stopped recording two minutes ago no no that that earnest that earnest thank you i'm way cooler and hardcore than that i'm not like that nice and be like oh guys we're all having so much fun no i guess it's it's cool whatever (laughs) i'm I'm way tougher (laughs) all right guys it's gonna wrap it up from us uh we'll see you next time Later, guys. Peace. Happy holidays, everybody. Stay well. Later. Thanks for listening to the Private Suite Podcast.